Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. SMU football is bowl eligible for the fourth straight season after a 41-23 win over USF on Saturday in Tampa. The Mustangs pulled away in the second half, outscored the Bulls 24-6 to uh, in the final stanza uh, to win. Uh, they also covered, which was nice if you're a gambling uh, uh, partaker. So the Mustangs came out flat. Uh, well, I wouldn't even say they came out flat. They came out and, and jumped out on USF, but they allowed USF back into the game. It was 17 all at the half. A lot of things happened for it to get to that point, but kudos to SMU. They circled the wagons, they re-energized themselves, and they went out and took it to USF and showed you know, the type of team SMU is versus the type of team USF is, which is now one and nine on the year. SMU, six and four with the win. We're going to break it down here on this Sunday edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Please keep subscribing to our YouTube channel. We've passed the 300 subscriber mark on that front. It continues to grow. Keep helping us out. Again, a lot of you guys of you are helping us, but we need you to subscribe to keep growing the channel. Lots of things to get to in this edition of the podcast. And I want to first say that was the type of response I would have expected from an SMU team going into the second half. My final score prediction wasn't far off. I I short I gave SMU a little bit more credit than I thought in terms of coming out, jumping all over the Bulls and never letting their foot off the gas and cruising to a win. I had the win, uh, I believe, 48-17 or something like that. Um, instead, SMU wins 41-23, the final touchdown for the Bulls coming against backups uh, on defense. So SMU jumps out to that 10-0 lead, uh, and really, you got to feel good about where things are headed, despite some drops by Rasheed Rice, um, despite uh, you know just some things not going SMU's way early on in the contest. And then you see them you know, kind of continue to have that that struggle. You saw some drops from Rasheed Rice. You saw uh, just some drives fizzle for kind of weird reasons here or there. Um, the fourth down play where the offensive linemen don't move uh, came to mind. Rhett Lashley took complete credit for that after the fact, um, saying with the play call, uh, he put, um, I guess, Breens and Hickman in, in a bad position. Um, and then at the end of the first half, the long field goal attempt by Colin Rogers wide right would have been good uh from from about probably 56 60 yards really good kick by him just wide right uh that gave USF a short field and before you know it they're just kind of capitalizing on things i think looking at how USF was able um to kind of keep this one close they had a good ground game uh they were able to really make some things happen in the first half in that respect um they hit some big plays uh in the pass game as well I just feel like this is one where, you know, SMU's run defense has not been good at all this year. Uh, the Bulls have Brian Petit, really, really talented player, kind of led the way there. Um, and, you know, the Bulls came out with a lot of energy. Um, I, I didn't think SMU was kind of ready to play. They showed that they were, you know, the better team early on, getting out to that 10 nothing lead. But there were things throughout the game here or there uh, that just kind of showed that maybe SMU did have a hangover from that Houston game. And Rhett Lashley kind of admitted that after the game, that probably was the case. 
We saw some drops on defense. Um, we saw some drops by the wide receivers. We saw some things just honestly not go SMU's way. And USF was getting some tackles for loss. At the same time, there were encouraging signs. Tanner Mordecai was on point. Um, in terms of his first half, I would really have to look at it. And I'll try to pull it up here as I'm talking. But uh, he had he went, he went finished 19 of 27 for 280 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. By the way, SMU didn't turn the ball over. And in that first half, there was at least, I would say, two or three that were clear drops. And in the in the first half, um, you know, quite frankly, he was rolling. He was uh, a le- he was twelve of nineteen to end the first half, um, and and finished uh, with that nineteen of twenty seven. I mean, completing seventy percent of his passes with the number of drops uh, that SMU had, and not only that, there were big plays. There were there were some that. Uh, there's the one Jordan Curley that was a perfectly dropped in ball. Um, obviously, he hit Jordan Curley later on for the 75 yard touchdown. Um, but those are chunks of yardage is yardage that he missed out on. Um, and so Tanner Mordecai continues to play at a really high level. He wasn't sacked again. Uh, just kudos to the offensive line kind of moving into that part of the game. Uh, they didn't allow a sack. Uh, SMU ran the ball, quite honestly, at will for the most part on USF, rushed for 273 yards. Kamar Wheaton, 14 carries, 112 yards. Tyler Levine, 17 carries, 112 yards. Uh, Velton Gardner, 6 for 19. And TJ McDaniel came in and capped it off, 2 for 19. Um, I think when you look at what's going on with the offensive line as of late, we're seeing them take over the mentality of Tyler Levine. Kamar Wheaton getting his opportunities is big. He's got that burst, and he's starting to look really comfortable out there when he's able to play. So things are shaping up well on the run game. They've been very, very good in pass protection all season long. Um, And I just feel like this team's starting to click. Here's the X factor of this whole thing. Jordan Curley. I was looking up at it, looking up last night, um, just kind of thinking out loud to myself. And I said, man, I wonder what SMU's record is with Jordan Curley in the lineup. And I looked at it. And when he's played a full game, SMU is nearly unbeatable. You look at this season in 2022 and what he was able to do, uh, he gets hurt in that Maryland game. And from there, that's when SMU kind of fell off. He misses the TCU game. Cincinnati wasn't 100%, ends up missing the next game. So something ha- might have happened against Cincinnati that caused him to you know miss that one. Um, and then he comes back for... For Houston and SMU rolls. He has three catches, 53 yards against Houston, then seven catches for 156 yards and a touchdown against USF. This USF defense, not good. Temple ran the ball down down their throat. SMU did as well. I, I gotta give credit to the SMU staff. I think they managed this game really, really well. Uh again, some things didn't go their way. They missed a long field goal, set them up for a short field to tie it at half. Um drops. But they committed to the run. They stayed with the run. They knew USF's run defense was poor, and they exploited that. SMU came out of this game uh, having run 68 plays. That's very kind of abnormal. USF actually outsnapped them. You flip it over to the second half, and once SMU got up 41-17, 
they pulled the starters. They saw what happened to Travis Marsh. Uh, they they said, no way. Kevin Henry Jennings, you're going in. Uh, backups all around on defense. I mean, we saw Darren Brown. We saw Jaquandis Burns, Cam Farrar, Kaveris Hall, Ahmad Moses, who actually got some time earlier on in the game when Brandon Crosby got hurt. Ahmad Moses got some time back there. They pretty much emptied the chamber um, on who could actually go in and suit up. I saw Bo Barker, uh, TJ McDaniel. You know, SMU's offensive line even didn't have Justin Osborne this week um, from what I saw. Um, I didn't see him rotate in, um, but it was definitely Jalen Thomas that got the start at right guard. And as we noted for on the Pony Express subscribers, it was kind of one of those deals after, you know, watching our media availability where Justin Osborne was kind of observing with Garen Justice behind Jalen Thomas. It was very similar to how they handled Branson Hickman when he ended up not playing uh, against UCF and and Jalen Thomas got the start at, at center. So, We'll see if they have them back for Tulane. Um, obviously, the six that they play a ton of, they're very high on. One thing we saw in practice this week, and we're not allowed to share it because it's a formational thing, but we saw SMU go unbalanced. Cam Irving uh, was the extra blocker, and Gage Haskin was the second tight end that came in uh, to join RJ Maryland. You guys remember Ben Redding out for the year, huge blow for SMU. Now they're using Cam Irvin as an additional blocker, which I think is very smart. And Gage Haskin is a willing one as well. Just goes to show where Nolan Matthews Harris is on the depth chart as well, that he didn't really get any uh, burn there. So um, they use that. They ran the trick play. We saw it run in practice, um, ran it into the boundary. Didn't love it. A lot of things going on for a short game there. But, you know, I think that's a part of what Rhett Lashley and – Casey Woods kind of draw up just to give people stuff to game plan for um, and and to keep an eye on it and know that there's something coming um, out of that playbook. And uh, I, I was listening uh, to Rich Phillips as I was watching the game and uh, he commented commented on the same thing. You know, it was kind of a, a timely call where, you know, it didn't get much. It also didn't take a loss, uh, but it said, you know what, we're starting to beat up on you and we've got more in the chamber offensively. So um, I think for SMU, to come out and just respond in the second half was important. It was a good response for a veteran team. SMU allowed them kind of back in. Some things didn't go their way. Um, and some decisions just, quite frankly, you know, kind of hurt them in the first half to end up 17-all. But they came out and blew the doors off of um, USF. I, I think the leadership on this team really stepped up at the half. And um, if you're uh, on the Pony Express subscriber, I, I dropped some additional notes on that as well. So check that out on the site at ontheponyexpress.com. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Big stretch here for SMU in the season, as well as early signing period coming up in December. So check us out. We appreciate all you guys who have subscribed and hope you uh, got your free Founders Club hat as well. Defensively, SMU secondary still struggled a little bit here. Um, Jahari, Jahari Rogers did get an interception, the lone turnover between the two teams in the game, um, and returned it. So his second straight game with an interception. And then I'll add... Uh, Armani Johnson, uh, unavailable for this game. He's dealing, kind of had a health scare from what I'm told. Um, so we'll try to get an update on that, but did want to share that. Um, that's why he didn't play. That's a big blow to the secondary. I thought Sam Westfall had a decent day out there uh, as well. A lot of dropped interceptions. <laughs> Once again, there are a couple from Nick Roberts, and um, I believe another one got tipped that would have you know, been an interception by by him. Um, so, uh, But he had, a, he had a big game as well against his former team. 
I liked what SMU did in the second half. Still think there's some tackling issues and there's some diagnosing issues as well. I watched a little bit of Shannon Reed and he just moves just a little too slow on some of these plays. Granted, he's not a starter. He is a backup, but he plays enough that when he's out there, it's kind of noticeable, especially in the run game, that he's a little slow to try to fill some gaps. Um, I think the the biggest thing to kind of look at um, when you kind of go back and track this game is clearly with about seven minutes left in the game, uh, SMU took out their starters. And so the fourth quarter, USF puts up 114 of their 381 total yards. Uh, the third quarter, SMU limited them to just 75 yards. Uh, I thought the second half adjustments were nothing more than the guys playing a little bit harder, playing with a little bit more passion. And so um, I, I think that's uh, something to, to kind of note. Again, this defense, when they play hard and they play aggressive, they're able to to hold their own. It, 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 it's just a consistency thing. And I know that sounds lame, and there are certainly some holes there personnel-wise, and and there are some things that I'm sure Scott, Scott Simons would love to have back um, every game. And there, there's a lot to unpack. But their tackling issues, I think in part for, for some of the guys, is effort. They're, they're not where they need to be, and they aren't running hard enough on the back end of it every play to be there to make the stop so they're a step behind they get try to arm tackle somebody runs through it brian batiste is a great running back too so he obviously makes a lot of teams look bad on that front but look i mean smu bowl eligible i gotta say one more thing colin rogers is really turning into a little bit of a weapon here he's 12 of 15 on the year perfect on all 49 extra points um and he just missed that 53 yarder wide right uh, his misses this year, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know the Maryland one was kind of a, a long one, and then there was another one in there. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're all long field goal attempts. So his long of the season is a 46-yarder. He's shown now that he's got the leg to hit from 50. I think down the line he's going to you know, have to be leaned on. And as a true freshman, I think he's shown enough poise that you can really trust him. So um, really liked what I saw uh, from him and have been seeing I know they're really high on his future overall. So, uh, look, SMU heads to New Orleans, 6.30 Thursday night to take on Tulane uh, on ESPN. We'll be there. Have your coverage at ontheponyexpress.com. Quick note on basketball. Mustangs did fall 74-62 uh, to Dayton on Friday night. I will say um, it was a good effort, and, and they battled back a couple times. Uh, you've got to give them a little bit of credit. Uh, for playing a top 25 Dayton team, really tough. Samuel Williamson uh, did a great job keeping SMU in the game down the stretch. Zach Nuttall led them in scoring. I think the front court, you need Xavier Foster to kind of start stepping up when he's going to be available. Um, that would be huge. Put all of his talent together. They just need some help in the front court, but they play hard. They are really, really physical. Um, look, it's going to be a process. Rob Lanier said this was kind of a, a good sign for us to show how we handle some things, handle some adversity. They battled back. They went on some runs um, and, and they out rebounded Dayton in the second half. So kudos to SMU. It was a good try, tough place to play, tough team. Um, and SMU is just not there yet. So um, Tuesday night, they take on New Mexico in Moody Coliseum, 7 PM start time on ESPN plus appreciate all you guys listening to this edition. Hope this kind of gets you through your Sunday. If you're out running around, 
doing some errands. Short week. We're going to drop our preview podcast early. We're going to do it on Tuesday um, for you guys and, and, and get that on there. Maybe Wednesday morning, going to try to get it going uh, before we travel down to New Orleans on Wednesday for uh, SMU Tulane. So SMU does need a little bit of help. ECU coming back to beat Cincinnati or Cincinnati uh, hanging on to beat ECU was key in that. That was a game that East Carolina, man, you wish, you know, for, for SMU's sake, they would have been able to pull out tough loss uh, for the Pirates and a tough loss for SMU because now they need Temple to beat Cincinnati and then Tulane to beat Cincinnati for SMU to have a shot at the AAC championship game appearance. So they can't have a shot if they don't beat Tulane on Thursday. They're going for their eighth straight win over the Green Green Wave. So we'll be there to preview that game uh, later this week for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast, and we will catch you guys um, this coming week with our uh, preview podcast of SMU Tulane. So hope you guys enjoy your Sunday, and uh, thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.